Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. This is so good. It is so good to be um, a part of the Freedom family. It's really, you're, you're part of a ministry, a church, a people that God has placed big vision in, big heart, big passion. And, and we have just scratched the surface, haven't we? It, when you sit down with Benito, it's like, it just, it, it, he just oozes um, reaching and impacting and touching humanity. And you get to be part of that. That's so cool. I'm up here. Um, uh, I'm not going to go into my story. I don't have time to go into my story. But I am on anti-inflammatories. So in the event that something goes south, <laughs> just I'm letting you know, man, I feel no pain. It's, I mean, I, I, I am feeling good up here. So, I mean, this thing could go for a long, long time. That's all I'm saying, okay? So it's so good. Yeah, okay. So now, today, we're, um, we are talking about, um, you know, kind of like ugliness and, and, you know, humbug. I mean, we're talking about uh, this... this um, Thing that oftentimes in life that our Heavenly Father wants us to think about, but we don't think about it. So as we were planning for this series, we're like, what could help us grow in an area of transformation internally? And one of the things we thought about is ugly sweaters might help us kind of contemplate a little bit of what God is wanting to do. So today I stand up in front of you with a little bit of humbug and letting you know that most of us, we don't like to dress ugly, do we? Most of us don't get up every day and we go, gosh, I hope I look like a frumpy individual. And I, and I hope, and I hope that when people look at me, they go, wow, that person just is missing it. And nobody, no, nobody thinks that way, do they? Nobody, nobody goes, gosh, today I hope my jeans look bad and my outfit looks bad and my hair is messed up and all that. It, unless you're trying to win something. <laughs> unless you're trying to win something. No, we don't, we don't think that way, do we? And we, don't, and we don't think that way even more specifically when it comes to our personal life to get up and go, gosh, I hope today that I put on pride and malice and anger and animosity and lies. I hope, I hope today when I go out that people look at me and go, wow, he's just an awful individual. Nobody thinks that way, do they? So, no, we, we wouldn't want to think that way because especially if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, God has called us to something different. We put on something very different than an ugly sweater. Okay? An ugly sweater. And today, we will look at that, and we'll wrestle this down. And it's something that you probably have heard, but it's something that all of us have to wrestle through in our lives if we're going to be a follower of Jesus in this life. Okay. So, that being said, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And here, we're going to understand that we have this condition that until the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ breaks in and melts the hardness of our heart, until that happens, 
and dispels this darkness and unites us to Christ and our relationship with God through Christ Jesus, what happens is that we are ugly sweater people. We're ugly sweater people. And so we go to Ephesians chapter 4. Here Paul is looking at a New Testament first church in Ephesians. And he's, he's speaking to them and saying, here's how you need to see things. And here's how you need to live. And so let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 17. He says, so I say this. And affirm in the Lord that you are no longer to walk as the Gentiles also walk. What does that mean? Those that are unbelievers. You're no longer to walk as unbelievers in the futility of their minds. What does that mean, futility of their minds? That we don't pursue happiness outside of God. That we don't pursue happiness outside of God. And it says that in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. They don't have to be ignorant, but they're choosing to because of the hardness of their heart. And they have become callous, having given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practices of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you've heard of him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to do what? Rid yourself of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And so, in verse 17, Paul says, no, long, no longer live in this futility of your mind. Don't live that way. That's not how you learn Christ. You didn't learn Christ by going, find all your happiness, all your joy, all your peace, everything apart, apart from God. That's not what you learned. And in verse 21, entertains the possibility that, that those who hear this letter may not be true Christians. And he realizes that he may be out in front of church attendees. That he may be out in front of people, and he, so, and he mentions two things, and he's assuming this. That they don't have to walk in their futility anymore, and he says, I'm assuming that you've heard Christ, and were taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. And so, I take this to mean, before you can escape from all the hardness, and all the darkness, and all the futility of the old life, you have to hear the voice of Jesus and respond to Jesus. So I'm asking you today, and those of you online, have you heard from Jesus? When did you hear from Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? What are you doing with Jesus? Because before you can embrace this message that I'm giving to you, if you've heard Jesus and not done anything to have, that tra have him transform your life, you've never asked for forgiveness, you've never asked for pardon, you've never asked for transformation, you've never asked for him to totally cover you by, the, by his blood, by, by what he did on the cross for us, you've never asked for that. Then what happens is that you're, you're going to not be able to apply what I'm speaking to you today. And so what happens is that we're to hear the voice of Jesus, we're to hear what he's saying, That's good. That's good. and apply it to our lives. And so, what I want to make clear is before we can go on, is that you have to embrace Jesus. In fact, I love what Jesus said. He says, take heed how you hear. And if any man has ears, ears to hear, let him hear. And so, how I've looked at this, 
over, my, over the years of my life as being a follower of Jesus is that I've had to enroll in the school of Christ. I've had to enroll in the school of Christ and be taught by the Spirit of God as He fills me and He transforms me. And of course, we listen to biblical teachers and we, we, we want to be challenged and sharpened and all of that. But the Spirit of God, what happens is when you give your life to Jesus, you enroll in the school. In a school that is like no other school you've been enrolled in. And the school of Christ gives us this instruction for living. And so, that's where we are. We're going to look at verse 22 and 24. And that, that here is the teaching of, for us that have been Christians. We've been awakened by the voice of Jesus. And we've been given eternal life. And we want to, we want to live like new creatures. Okay? So what is, what is it then? How do we go from ugly? How do we go from the ugly sweater? Or the humbug mentality. Or the, the attitude that says, man, you know, I, I, I just, I want to do it my own way. What is the first thing Jesus says to us? This is what he says. In reference, verse 22. In reference to your former way of life, you are to do what? Yep, you are to rid yourself of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. So after you hear the voice of Christ and are made alive and brought to faith in him, the first thing that you do is you change your clothes. You the, the, and here's the deal. I was going to take this shirt off. My wife goes, don't, don't hurt the people. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hurt the people. Just, just, she goes, they'll get over it theologically. Okay. So, so really, and then she says, you know, really, really what happens is that, is that the old, does the old, what happens is that we still have struggles, right? We still have, we still have issues, right? And what happens is that when we put on new clothes, it doesn't mean that necessarily the old clothes is completely gone but when god sees us he sees jesus and by the way this just i think this just looks way cooler yeah i mean come on now so so we change our clothes and we take off the old person put on the new person and so we should immediately ask what do these two garments then refer to what's the old person and what is the new person in verse 25 he says this therefore ridding yourself of falsehood Rid yourself of falsehood. And then, in my mind, it seems that it's putting off bad practices, the old way of life, like lying. We're going to put those things off. And another one, good one is in Colossians 3, 8, 9. But now you also rid yourself of anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you strip off the old self with its evil practices. And so... Putting off the old person is more than putting off old practices. Get this, okay? This is, this is huge. This is huge theologically for us to wrap our mind about, around. See, it says, and you, since you stripped off, verse 9 of Colossians, you stripped off the old self with what? It's evil practices, Okay? So the old person is taking and putting off those old practices, but it says we stripped off the old self with its evil practices. In, in, in other words, the old self exists, but what lies underneath the old self, 
And what comes out is what? Lies and deceit and all of these things, of this, these evil practices. And so the old person, the old person is the old bundle of attitudes, emotions, and practices that you used to be. It's the old set of attitudes, emotions, and practices of what you used to be. And what Jesus is saying is, he goes, I want you to understand that who you were before, I called you out of darkness, was somebody that was living with an ugly sweater. So what do we do? We put on the new person. We, we, go from the, we go from this old, putting off the old person, and all of us, if we're, if we're very honest, we have days that we gripe, we moan about life, we, we hate our circumstances, we spout off at somebody, we, we get an amped up about things we don't need to get amped up about. We all have some issues that we're facing. And so we take off that old sweater, and we're to put on the new, and Colossians 3.12 gives the same kind of clue about the meaning of the new person. We're supposed to go from the old attitudes, emotions, and practices to the new person. And says this, Paul says, So as you have been chosen of God, verse 12 of Colossians 3, of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so this new person is what? A new bundle. You become a bundle of joy of hope, of kindness, of gentleness, you become something very, very different. So my question to you is, are you? What are you? Are you more like an ugly sweater wearer? Or are you something new? And if you're not something new, how come? And if people are going... Don't get near them. They chafe the fire out of you. They, they're, they're some of the ugliest attitudes and emotions and practices you ever saw. But they called himself a Christian. What do you do with that? Do you know it's absolutely imperative that we get the moral clothes changed? If we don't, you will not graduate from this school and you will not make it to heaven. This is core curriculum. This is not like, oh, hey, it's good for them. You, you go serve. You go help. You love. It's really not my DNA. See, God doesn't, God doesn't give us that option. When we come to faith in Jesus, you go, wait, wait, wait. He gives you free will. Yes, he does. But once you sign on, all of a sudden, there's this transformation that happens, and I call it the requirement for graduation. The requirement for graduation. I love the parable of Matthew 22. Taught on it before. Matthew 22 verses 1 through 14. But verse 11 is what I'm going to read to you. And it's this, this invitation was thrown open. Anybody can come to this wedding party. And there's this wedding party. He's like, come on, come on, come on. Let's all go to this party. Let's go to this party. And it, this is a marriage feast that is talking about heaven and what heaven's going to be like and how we can be a part of that. And anybody could come in verse 11. But when the king came in to look over the dinner, guess, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. He had on an ugly sweater. 
And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Tie his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is core. There will be many shocked church attendees that think that they responded to the Lord's invitation and come to the banquet of heaven, but in fact, what they've done is they've never really, with their hearts, they've never really gotten into the school and, and asked for transformation. They've walked in the door as it is, and the bell rings, and they listen, and with their lips, they honor the school master, but in their hearts, they are far away from God. And as it, as it were, though, when the master said, I want you to change your clothes, you adjust your collar, shine your shoes, tuck in your shirt, and you won't take off those cherished habits of addictions, love of money, racism. The list could go on. And you're comfortable with your sweater. And you've grown comfortable with it. And you honestly even don't care that people look at it and go, ooh, that's kind of ugly. Because it's just become who you are. Man, I woke up today, Psalm 42 on my mind, and as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. I think that God is calling his church back to Psalm 42. What has stolen your heart from longing to wear these new clothes and to live for a God who transforms you from the inside out? And so, we won't strip away those old attitudes, and we want the hope of heaven, but we don't want to dress for heaven. We won't change our clothes, and Jesus said on the end of graduation day, tie their hands and feet and throw them into outer darkness. Now, you go, well, how could a loving God do that? He didn't do that. You chose that. Tie his hands and feet, throw them into outer darkness. And so, it was all a show. As long as it felt good, as long as I could pose, as long as I could go through the motion, every, I'm fine. Paul says, put off the old person and put on the new person, and he's not talking about an optional elective that some can enroll in and others don't. You see, there is a holiness in Hebrews 12 that says, without this, we won't see God. Therefore, put on the new self created in the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Some of you are going... Well, give me an out. Give me some hope. Oh, I'm going to. Here's an utterly unique school. Here's the school. Here's the uniqueness about the kingdom of God. Why, why doesn't Paul come out and just say straight, hey, you know what? Get rid of your bad habits. Stop being a jerk and be nice. Start being, you know, awful. Be kind. And we're like, yes, we're going to be kind until somebody does something bad to us, and then we're going to light them up. Right? We're going to tell him where to go. And he's, why did he just say that? Because the answer is, is that Christianity is not like any other school. It's not some moral self-improvement course. You don't just sign up and work hard to change yourself. Because how's that worked for you? Hey, I'm going to be better today. And by noon, you're, you're a swearing sailor. And because, because you're going, I can't do that. You know what that is? If you go, hey, I just, 
I just can do this on my own. That's called the school of legalism. Walk into a church that's full of legalism, and I'll show you a place that's full of dead bones. Because it's a lot of people feeling guilt because they can't get it right. And God is saying, you can't get it right. You're never going to get it right apart from me. You're never going to get that. And so, in the school of Christ, change comes in a totally different way by grace through faith. So that the schoolmaster gets all the glory. The schoolmaster gets the glory. And you know what? That's a school of grace. That's a school of hope for you. And so Paul describes the coursework coursework with such language it's it's like nothing you've experienced in fact um he parallels the the um old and the new and and he says and this is in verse 22 and 24 in verse 22 he says put on he's in verse 22 says put off the old self verse 24 put on the new self verse 22 says the old self accords with the former way of life verse 24 says the new life accords with god verse 22 says that the old school is corrupted through its lust and deceit, okay? Verse 24 says the new self is created in righteousness and holiness. Verse 22, fourth thing, says the desire that ruined the old self were based on deceit. Verse 24 says that righteousness and holiness of the new person are based on truth. So, now, you can start to see how different the coursework is than moral self-improvement. In the school of legalism, where you take a moral self-improvement course, you are given the assignment to make a new set of moral clothes. But in the school of grace, your clothes are what? They are created by God. They are created by God. And in this, there's this... In fact, in fact if you look at Ephesians 2, verse 10, you are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you could walk in them. So let me ask you this. Who made your clothes? If you're a Christian, God did. You're wearing his clothes. And you're wearing the bundle of attitudes and emotions and practices that are transformative. And you are created after what? The likeness of God. You're like, I don't think I am. No, you are. The enemy would like you to believe that you're not. The enemy would like to keep you down. The enemy would like you to walk around in that nasty, ugly sweater. And our assignment, I'm given this assignment to become holy. Okay? I'm given this assignment to become holy. But then I'm told, that God creates my holiness. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm told to be holy, and you create the holiness. How does that work? This is a strange school, God. This is, this is not something. What, what's going on? He says, I'm, I'm God's workmanship. On that, the works that I'm assigned to do, I love this. And this is where you need to stress less. Have already been assigned for you. Your assignments have been preordained by God. And I know that's going to freak some of you out. But they've been prepared. 
And, and then you think, well, who's working in the school anyway? Wait, who's working in the school? Wait, wait, I, spo- I thought I'm supposed to be working. And God says, no, I, I, you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that I had prepared for, to do in advance through your life. And why are you all stressing? Who's doing the work in the school? Don't you see, Paul can't just say, okay, you're a Christian, now get rid of your bad habits and get some good ones. You see, that's the curriculum of legalism. God saved you. Now, improve yourself. I wonder how many of you have heard that message. God saved you, get better. God saved you, take off the ugliness. And you're like, I want to, but I really struggle. So here I am in the school of Christ, and I've heard his voice, and he's called me from death to life. I've trusted him. He's forgiven all my sins, and I'm, I'm gladly submitted to enter a school and learn how to live, all of that. I become his creation. I have works assigned to me. What do I do? And verse 12, 24 says, put on the new self. But how do you put on a bundle of attitudes and emotions and practices that God has created? How do you do that? Here's the key question for how to live the Christian life. How do you think in such a way that God will be the creator of your thoughts? Question mark. How do you feel in such a way that God will be the creator of your feelings? Question mark. How do you act in such a way that God will be the creator of your actions? How do you put on a new person created by God? And I believe the answer is found sandwiched between verse 22 and verse 24. And this is what Paul says. Be renewed, verse 23, in the spirit of your minds. At the very core of who you are, this is the connection between get rid of your old, put on the new, and notice very carefully, the old person is corrupted by these desires that are fueled by, and fired by deceit. In fact, in the absence of truth, you'll drink like poison and be like, I'm cool with it. I'm good. But then in verse 24, the new person is created in righteousness and holiness that is fueled and fired by truth. So you have one that's fueled by lies, one that's fueled by truth. And, and right attitudes and emotions and actions are born from these true views of spiritual reality. Let me, let me speak that one more time. Right attitudes, emotions, and actions are born from true views of spiritual reality reality. And what is the bridge that leads from between the corrupting deceit, verse 22, to the sanctifying truth of verse 24? It is the renewing of the spirit of mind in verse 23. It is the key to all the assignments in the school of grace. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your attitudes, your emotions, your practices come from a spirit of the renewed mind. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up. Becoming renewed in the spirit of your mind, how do you become renewed in the spirit of your mind? You ask, how do you do that? Well, the answer is to fill your mind continually with the truth about spiritual, eternal, and heavenly reality. Let me say it one more time. The answer is to fill your mind continually with truth about spiritual, eternal, and heavenly reality. And I'm not going to tell you anything that you haven't probably heard before. But here's the complexity of what's going on in our culture right now is that because we're so distracted and because we're listening to most things other than, other than God, you're not being renewed. You're not understanding 
eternity. You're not, and, and so what the Spirit of God has been speaking to me is you, until you connect with Scripture, until you begin to renew your mind and set your mind on heavenly things and begin to understand the thoughts of God. In fact, the most relationally engaging written resource to humanity is the Word of God. There's no greater emotional research, that no, no uh, greater relationally engaging research. It is the very essence, the core of God's thoughts, his thinking, his heart, his passion, the way you're to live your life. But if we don't engage it, if we don't engage it, we don't, what happens is there's no renewal. So all that we do without renewal, without transformation of the mind, all that we do is live legalistically and hope we make it. And that is not the heart of God for you. The answer is not on your phone. It is not on your television. It is not on the internet. And I know you guys can go there. Get it. Don't get all into semantics. It is in the word of God that transforms you from the inside out. And what happens is that when you begin to read and understand and process and engage scripture, the old, eventually you begin to go, wow, what I used to do isn't happening anymore. Amen. The way that I used to think and the way I used to see and the way that I used to live. And you didn't even have to, you didn't have to go, gosh, I'm working real hard at it. I'm just trying more and it doesn't work. And the Lord goes, as you renew your mind, what happens is that before you know it, the way you see and think and feel, attitudes, emotions, and practices, you'll, before you know it, you'll be going, the old sweater, I can't even where did it go? I thought I hung it up somewhere. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Church, set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Fill your mind with the truth of heaven. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for the water. What are you longing for, church? What are you longing for? <laughs> this earth is not your home. You are passing through. You are a sojourner. Scripture says you're an alien. And the life which you used to live in the flesh... <laughs> you don't live there anymore. You live by the Spirit of God. And Ephesians, Paul prays that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That you might know the hope by which God has called you. And the riches of His glorious inheritance. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power. Why does He want us to see things with the eyes of our hearts? Because this is what renews the spirit of the mind when it's full of the truth of God's power and promises. And then Paul, I love what Paul says, and he prays this, and so I pray it for you. That you may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Why? Because when your mind is filled with the love of Christ and with all the fullness of God, then the spirit of your mind is renewed and freed from the deceit of the world. And out of the renewed mind comes new attitudes, emotions, and practices, and they clothe you with righteousness and holiness. And this is the new person. 
that you become. The creation of God himself, indeed the creation that God himself has brought out to him alone. I've got this in a real, if anything good comes out of me, it is solely a creation of God and he gets all the glory. So Lord Jesus over your church. I pray for your church today. Those here online, those that will listen. I pray Lord Jesus that we will enter your school that the old old things will pass away and all things will become new I pray for your church that the homework is real simple meet with you open scripture engaged relationship through your word showing us, speaking to us and I pray over your church today I pray that they will be longing and panting and desiring to know a God. <laughs> to know a God that's not, uh, we're not walking in futility of our minds. We're not looking to find happiness outside of you, God. We're finding our joy and hope and peace and all that in you. In you, Jesus. So Lord, strip away legalism. Lord Jesus, may we freedom for this gathering of people, this, this group of people. May we be so <laughs> renewed in the core of who we are that when people encounter us, they won't encounter people that are ugly sweater wearers and they won't encounter people that are saying, here, put on mine. But they'll encounter people that would say, it's only God who can do in you what he wants to do and what he's done in me, only God can do that. Because what? God, you get all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Now, okay, look up here. You're going to go from here, and you may forget what I've said. Don't forget. I would encourage you this next week, take 15 minutes. Read Scripture. Renew the mind. For sure, you're getting inundated with more information than you've ever, than you've ever had in culture. But even 15 minutes, I'm convinced, of engagement with the Word of God his word will not return void. As the deer pants for the water, may that be your week. And don't strive, just abide and watch as God does the work in your life. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.